Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Talking About Birds, the only Cardinal podcast more afraid of commitment than John Mazalak. My name is Nate Heininger, and I am joined, as always, by my co-host, Ben Samorka. Man, shots fired at Mo. <laughs> wow. And this week, we are mostly going to be focusing on the trade deadline for the Cardinals, the NL Central, and the rest of the league. If you have an idea for the opening joke, tweet us at Talk About Birds. Uh, ben, we have a lot to talk about this week. My it goodness, one of the m- more league-wide dramatic trade deadlines that we have ever seen, including maybe the biggest trade that has ever happened. Well, um, but and at the same time, a lot of people weren't traded. Like, what were the hell the, yeah. were the Cubs doing? But we'll so talk we, about that. It's yeah. a weird, weird, yeah, a lot of, a lot of weird moves also that we're going to talk about. But before we dig into that, I've got two stupid things to talk to you about. Okay. Uh, one, and this is just a personal note, about 25% of my body is covered in poison ivy right now. So, <laughs> <laughs> so that's just. I'm glad uh, <laughs> you waited to tell me that before, until we we're recording. <laughs> so enjoy that quite a bit. <laughs> that's just a thing that I'm dealing yeah. with. Let right me guess now. you, uh, you lost a quarter, um, in a, in a patch of uh, poison ivy and you just couldn't let it go. Yeah. I was trying to put it in the pack, man. Yeah. And it slipped. Cause I had all that Buffalo sauce on my hands and it, <laughs> and it fell into a, uh, poison Ivy patch really poorly. Yeah. Uh, no, I did a, uh, I went on a hike <laughs> with, uh, with the fam, uh, Han state park. It was beautiful. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it was great until I woke up at four in the morning, uh, you know, in, in distress mm, and, yeah. um, I'm still dealing with it. I think yeah. I'm, I'm getting better, but yeah. I felt that you and the listeners for some reason should know this. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. we're all very concerned with the current condition of your skin. Um, yeah. So thank you for the update. Uh, I guess, what do you do? Do you take an oatmeal bath or you just rip, uh, rip it and rip it? Um, Jeffrey's saying hi. <laughs> I can tell they're concerned. Um, the It's a lot of creams and uh, a little bit of gripping and ripping it and some scratching and itching and yeah. uh, <laughs> and self-control. Uh, I, I find myself sitting there being like, you are stronger than this. <laughs> the itch does not need to be scratched. Yeah. You can move on from this. Sure. So you, you um, just pile that on top of the lies you're already telling yourself and it's, it's oh, yeah. NBD. Yeah. It's I I am this house of cards is going to collapse at any moment. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, speaking of uh, lies and um, uh, you know not being entirely self aware, um, you and I are going to see each other again tomorrow. Yes, and uh, we're going back to the scene of a previous failure, uh, which is oh, the fishing tournament, yeah. mm-hmm. and I believe will be the scene of a future failure. Yeah. Which is that you have placed a bet <laughs> with just us, just just like I think yourself with yeah. the, with the world that you could 
smash a watermelon <laughs> in between your thighs. Uh, yes. And I've been a big doubter of this. Uh-huh. And uh, I, I know you've been doing the leg presses. I, you know, I've seen you. You've sent videos of the workout. Intimidation clips. It's really, yeah. I'm, try, I'm trying to intimidate uh, the world. A, wa- a watermelon. I, I, I'm also trying to goat somebody else into trying it. Um, I don't know if that's going to happen or not, but yeah. Well, I will say, so I I, 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 I know this sounds really cool and, and people <laughs> like hearing people talk about this, but we have an upcoming wedding. I'd like to look nice. I, I've been exercising maybe a little bit more. I don't remember even how this conversation came up. I do not remember the etymology of this challenge. I, I actually don't either. And yeah. I got a reminder on my phone yeah. that said that was set for like a we we do this yearly uh friend lake trip and it was just set for June 1st, which previous Nate would have known that this was enough time or maybe it's July 1st, but anyway, enough time to like remember and remind Ben before the trip, even if the trip hadn't set hadn't been planned. So sure. I don't remember when we had this conversation either, but past Nate was smart enough to set a reminder for yeah. future Nate. And here we are. You're going to try to live up to this. Yeah. Uh, I don't think try um, so much as <laughs> crush it. Um, I think pretty easily. I, I, I don't think I'm going to like sit down and like, I think there will probably be some, some technique that I need to figure out. Um, but I feel very confident. Um, so. I think yeah, it's going to come down. It's going to come down to the watermelon choice, which we have determined is your choice. I, I I think that there's something to that. Although I think the idea that you think or I think I have the ability to choose a watermelon <laughs> that has a, a failure point or or limited structural stability is insane. That there's no it's, way. It's not about being if you have like 10 watermelon that are all the same in front of you and you're picking which one is the faintest of heart or anything yeah. like that. <laughs> I mean, like, I think and I'm not going to, you know, I don't want to tap the glass here. I don't want to give you any undue you know, advice, but I think there's a, a, a type of a, a, yeah. a shape and size that you yeah. should be targeting. Yeah. And I, I, you know, cause when you go to the grocery store, you know, there's, there's all sorts of watermelons, yeah. right? So you, you've got, you've got to pick the right one that is, is yeah. smashable. So um, I, we, we have actual things to talk about this episode unlike normally, but, um, <laughs> I wanted to throw uh, out the challenge. Is that yeah, what you're I wanted, doing? I wanted everyone to be aware yeah. of, of this and why you may miss next week. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I don't know how wrong this know. could go. I like to be clear if, your femurs. if I can't do it, I'm just going to stop and we'll eat the watermelon. <laughs> um, I, I'm a competitive person, but yeah, I'm, I'd, I'd like to keep, uh, my, the structural integrity of my legs intact. Um, <laughs> and while I will say, I'll just preempt this. Well, this will likely be a filmed event. I'm not putting this on social media. No, rec- I don't want to hear anything about it after this. You're not. I will. I will. I will squish your little head. There's a. Uh, uh, there's a Patreon tier somewhere out there. That- <laughs> okay. Now that is true. If we could figure out a way, to- <laughs> so some bonus content on the Patreon, then I, I could maybe be convinced. That's the type of content our uh, patrons <laughs> deserve. <laughs> if I'm holding a baseball in one hand, that technically counts. Yeah, I think that makes sense. So, 
All right, let's let's uh, let's get back into. I, I'd also like to point out there are no stakes on this on your side. No, this is nothing. just me trying to do something. Yeah. Although if I do do it, I'm, I'm going to come up with something um, that I'm going to make you do. I don't know well, what exactly the, it's going to be. At the very least, you're going to get an entire watermelon because none of us are going to want to eat Ooh, a watermelon. That maybe I'll been... make you eat the watermelon. I, no, you can't add that after this. I'm not. I, I'm not. I don't, I, honestly, watermelon. Nate, if I can squish a watermelon in between my legs, I can physically dominate you into eating one. <laughs> eating <it>, so. <laughs> I think I could outrun you. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> I'm All just right, going to jump, in. jump into the lake and swim. <laughs> All right. Well, anyway, I feel um, objectified much like, um, you know, Ben struggling to smash a watermelon in between his legs. Uh, Cardinal fans struggled <laughs> to find some joy during the trade deadline until the very end. Yeah, that was a rough seg- uh, segue that I was making up as I was going. Yeah, you're so, you're a bad broadcaster. <laughs> Not a broadcaster. <laughs> I'm in my room. All right. Uh, so we we talked a little bit about how to organize this, and yeah, I, I think it makes the most sense. We've got to start with the Juan Soto trade. I yeah, you and I both were pretty aligned that uh, whatever the cost, at the end of the day, it's not going to matter because you now yeah. have Juan Soto, and clearly the Padres felt the same way, and the yeah. Cardinals did not. So. Uh, it was, uh, I'd say, you know, one of the more, um, stressful is not the right word because it, you know, I don't actually feel like crazy stress about the tread deadline, yeah. but one of the more intriguing tread de- trade deadlines that Cardinal fans have had for yeah. a while, just because of the degree of rumors and the reality that the Cardinals were actually in, involved in this and were yeah. one of the final teams. Now you could say, here we go. It's the Cardinals getting second place again. Uh, in a in a trade, but we actually don't know that. It's probably more like tied for third with the Dodgers. Um, but at the end I, of the day, I, the- I question how serious the Dodgers were actually were. Like, yeah, like I I I wonder how much chess was being played by by Rizzo and the Dodgers and uh, and even Boris uh, just to to gas it up. And you know, he's he's friends with the learners, and um, I I wonder yeah. like. Re- Later reports are kind of making it sound like the Cardinals were out a day before it even went through. Yeah. Um, and, well, and like I said, I generally, yeah, yeah I, I know Juan Soto. We talked about this ad nauseum. I know Juan Soto is a special player, um, as special as a player can get, really, especially being, you know, age and everything involved. But I do wonder, Friedman and the Dodgers just have not given up their top prospects for anything. Um, the only time that they've done it that I can really think of is last year and they got um, a Hall of Famer and maybe a potential Hall of Famer uh, in yeah. Scherzer and Trey Turner. Um, and they traded from a, a place of significant depth. Kieber exactly. Ruiz uh, is not going to play over Will Smith. They already no. have one of the best catchers in baseball. So right. it's like the car. It's like a step down of the Cardinals trading Carson Kelly in the Goldschmidt trade because Goldschmidt or uh, Kelly was never going to play right over Yachty. And you know, that worked out well for us. So, and so, yeah. Yeah. And all that said, so just like to circle the wagons on that, like I wonder how earnest it was. I wonder it, it's, it seemed like Preller and the Padres were getting Soto end of sentence. It was just going to happen. Yeah. He will, he would push another name in or, or do something else crazy, or I, I don't know, donate 
what whatever it would cost. It just seemed like he would cut off his arm to get Soto. Um, and well, yeah, and they did, it, and it was expensive, especially um, kind of jumping ahead here. But that part at the at the very end of it, where Hosmer was in the deal, and everyone's like what the the Padres got rid of Hosmer in this and then Hosmer said no and they still just move forward with the trade you know like and and instead gave up Luke Voigt which you know poor Luke Voigt he's like hell yeah we're getting Soto and Bell uh this is awesome and then all of a sudden he's part of the trade and is now part of the Nationals but um yeah, I, I well, agree. It's an insane haul for Soto, even and, though it's probably worth it. And let's I'm sure most of the people listening know, but I think just to to, to keep everything straight, uh, the Padres received Juan Soto and Josh Bell, who is having a pretty nice year uh, in Washington. The Nationals receive Luke Voigt, as Nate just said, uh, superstar prospect C.J. Abrams, who's a shortstop, superstar pro- prospect uh, Mackenzie Gore, who is a left-handed starting pitcher, uh, Robert Hassel, the third James Wood and Harlan Susana. And I will admit, I do not know much about James Wood and Harlan Susana. Um, but you have, I mean, those are the, uh, the Abrams Gore and Hassel are very, very yeah. prospects. And, uh, don't sleep on James Wood. He's, I think he's 19 years old. He's a six foot seven center fielder. Uh, some people think that he, like people in the Padres organization, ranked him as actually their number one prospect. He's just so young. He hasn't had a chance to really establish himself, but yeah. a lot of people expect him to fly up uh, the the rankings and they just got him when he's so young and, and new to the league that we haven't seen, seen much of him yet. Um, so uh, I don't know as much about Susana, but would I'm, I'm more familiar with and, and it's, it's a haul. I mean, you know, a- Abrams is an, in- an interesting moment in his career in that he has made the major leagues and has had limited exposure and limited success. But the, you know, the pedigree is there and the McKenzie Gore is hurt. Maybe Tommy John, which, you know, sucks, but the Nationals rebuild timeline is long enough that coming back from Tommy John is fine. Uh, you know, if McKenzie Gore was healthy, he's never traded. Uh, or, or maybe they don't have to give up some of these right. other pieces because it's, it'd be like, um, well, the Cardinals don't really have an equivalent to, uh, McKenzie Gore anymore. It'd be like trading, uh, you know, Flaherty, I, like pre 2019 or something. Yeah. I mean, I think Libertor is close to that. I think McKenzie yeah. Gore definitely has more pedigree and more stuff. Um, but I think Libertor is like, it, it's impossible to kind of compare one to one, but yeah. as far like, I think that's, that's close ish, like lefties with good stuff. Yeah. So to me, like the the real equivalent of this trade, if the Cardinals were to get it done um, and beat the Padres, it would have started at Carlson, Gorman, Wynn, Walker, probably Libertor, Thompson, or Thompson, and also someone like Tinkins. Yeah. So we're not talking like, oh, you can somehow hold on to one of Walker and Wynn, or you can somehow hold on to Carlson and or Gorman. It's like, no, they're all gone for Soto. Yeah. And while, you know, we don't know um, whether that will be the right choice. We said last time that com- like the combined war of Carlson and Gorman, we'd be lucky if that matches what Soto puts out in a single season. Yeah, uh, there's still the element that uh, you have to field a, a big league team. And if you trade your four best 
maybe five or six best young players, uh, it creates an, a, a problem. And yeah. I I don't know. We you know we won't know. We'll never know if it's the right choice because however Soto performs in San Diego it may not be how he would have performed in St. Louis. Um, but I can I will say that I I am content with the decision that was made by the Cardinals after seeing what the Padres got. Uh, you know Keith Locke said this the said this is the biggest trade of all time. I and, I, you know. I, I think there's something to be said to that. I mean th- this trade is unprecedented for so many reasons. Like obviously the the star of the trade probably being reason number one you're t- trading like a 23 year old Ted Williams or Mike Trout or yeah. whatever Hall of Famer you want to attach to it. You know if, if things break out the way that we think they're going to go. And then you know on the on the Nationals and the pro- Padres, I, this is a organizational changing trade. Either way, um, if the Nationals screwed up on the guys that they chose, it's going to set them back really far. Um, and if they didn't, you know, the, the Nationals could be very competitive in a couple of years because they got that yeah. quality of names back. Not to mention the other things that they've done um, in the past two years, the trades that they made. We talked about Kubert and uh, Josiah Gray and some of the other things that they've done. Like, we will see. But uh, I, yeah, I don't know well, if they, I agree they, with you. I still think that, you know, like the Soto of it all is, is very important and his his contribution to what the Cardinals would be would is like you said, it's kind of unknowable now, of course, because they didn't get him. But I, I wouldn't say I, I so much was like, whoo, glad we didn't go for him. I, I still feel like he is who he is. He's only getting yeah. better. We're about to see something incredible. Well, that that is also part of the basis of the joke that I did at the at the opening, which is that like I'm not I'm not saying that I necessarily agree with the decision. Just I understand it. I'm content yes. with it. But it is very much Mazalak to be like, I'm unwilling to go that far when yeah. a guy like Preller is. Now, yes, the Padres well, have very little success to show for that uh, willingness to do that. But we're obviously this year they're on a on a uh, playoff track, and yeah. now with Tatis coming back. They look like the best lineup in baseball, and yeah. they had starting pitching depth. So they they are a World Series contender. Yeah, this trade. AJ Preller is the kind of guy if you're like playing chicken with him, like against him in, in a set of cars, like you're absolutely turning out of the way first because he's just going to hit you. Yeah, um, dude's unhinged. Made it happen though. I say all the credit. Like, how many Pad- Padres games am I going to watch? You know, as, as well, the year wise winds down, especially with Tatis coming back. And, you know, to be like, we just talk some sugar on all these guys, but they are still prospects like Abrams hasn't clicked at the major league level, though it's incredibly small sample size. Gore is out for a while. And while medical, uh, you know, recovery is as good as it's ever been, you just truly don't know. And then after that, it's just prospects. And, uh, you know, odds are they won't break out or break out the way that you want them to. So like this could end up looking like an absolute steal or yeah, uh, Abrams becomes the best shortstop in baseball. McKenzie Gore becomes an ace. Hassel and Woods are, are dynamic outfielders and, and Susanna's a, a fantastic, you know, pitcher. So we, we just don't know. We'll see. But I, I, yeah. I understand why Mazalek didn't do that. And part of me is it's, I am still glad to be able to root for Jordan Walker and yes, Mason and yes. Mason Wynn. Um, I, I would have been again very we were lobbying for trade whatever to get yeah. Soto. I would have been happy with that. Don't get me wrong. But 
I am also still kind of happy, not kind of, I'm still very happy to get to watch the Jordan Walker progression. He's starting in right field now, and there's a clear path to starting time in right field now. Uh, You know, Mason Wynn, home run in today's game, just looks like a dynamic player. Uh, When's the last time the Cardinals have had a shortstop prospect that that is of the seeming caliber of Mason Wynn? You know, like there's still a lot of fun to be had with with. Uh, you know, a lot more fun and, to be had with this and include Gorman in there. We talked about it. Yeah. Gorman is going to settle into the big leagues and he's going to go on some tears where he just is smacking bombs all over the place. So yeah, I agree that that definitely makes it the, you know, the whiskey go down smoother or whatever. Um, so I, I, I appreciate all of that. I still want Juan Soto, um, yeah. but Walker kind of tearing up double a, and uh, I, I think it's particularly interesting that as soon as the trading deadline passes, they start him in the outfield. To, that probably would have, you know, maybe potentially decreased his value. Uh, gassing him up as a third baseman is probably slightly more valuable than a third baseman. Maybe, um, but, but, but I, I think also, it's so. There's a new open. We'll talk about it here in a moment. Yeah. But there is a one less uh, major league outfielder now, and well, so. Should yeah. we just get, let's get into what Mo did do. Yeah. All right. Um, so we're going to try to do this in mostly chronological order. Um, so the first trade that happened, and this was, um, you know, before a lot of things started to happen, uh, but pretty surprising. Um, although once we dug in a little bit, I thought it made a lot more sense. Uh, the Cardinals traded Edmundo Sosa for reliever Jojo Ramirez, which great name. Great name. We got a Jojo. We got a Packy. Newt. Newt. <laughs> Just all-star names. All-star right names. Now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that's really where the analysis on this show stops. <laughs> uh, starts and stops. Uh, now, I, you know, I, I was initially... Um, a little shocked to see them trade Edmundo Sosa, but also uh, once, you know, really started to think about it, it, it made a ton of sense. He's out of options. Yeah. Um, you know, the Cardinals obviously are invested in Paul DeYoung. Oh my He's God. Having, does John Mosaic love Paul DeYoung? Well, they've given him dollars to yes. be their starting shortstop and, and to be fair, having a great time at triple A. Sure. Uh, so, they clearly had decided Paul DeYoung's getting his shot again. Whether that's right or wrong, we'll find out. But it, it was obvious that uh, that was what they wanted to do. And so you look at the available players on the team that you could move around. And we have a, 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 a dearth of infielders who all kind of do the same thing. You know, that's why we saw Kramer Robertson just let go earlier in the season yeah. and uh so so no options yeah what do it, you do you get something for him yeah do you have him or brendan donovan take up that space um and i think yeah. it, obviously based on this year's performance you have brendan donovan take that space a little more flexibility probably a little worse glove maybe a, a, a bit better bat although i do feel like sosa has some life in that bat still i think he just kind of had a down start to the year and not much playing time. So we'll see. Uh, Jojo, um, I don't know. What do you say about Jojo? He's kind of a little guy. He's very well put together. He throws the <laughs> ball really hard. Doesn't always know where it's going, but he's had some success in the minors. 
Um, you take a flyer on a guy like that. I will say a team like Philly, who is desperate for pitching, um, always them giving up on a reliever gives me a little bit of pause, but, uh, you know, tr- trust in the Cardinals player dev and, and all that stuff, I suppose. Yeah, I would say, you know, they're not necessarily the best at identifying pitching talent. So so them giving up on someone isn't necessarily a, uh, you know, a, a yeah. negative in that player's perspective, uh, players, um, you know, um, overview. So, yeah, it's it's fine. This is, you know, it's good to get something for Sosa. And if JoJo can end up becoming successful and a valuable piece of the bullpen, then great. You know, um, but if not, then it was be- it's better than DFAing him yeah. and, and just letting him go. But I will always uh, remember Sosa and his his part in the 17 game win streak. And, you know, uh, between him and Bader, you know, there's a little less uh, just sort of fun on this team yeah. after this trade deadline, though we don't necessarily know the personalities of these new guys yet. But um you know, that that was more that was the bummer for me is sort of off the field stuff. I, I really liked Sosa. He just played with an energy that's fun, um, but obviously less important compared to what you're doing on the field. And, and you know, yeah. And, and I'll note, you know, the video that was kind of going around uh, on Twitter when they made this trade was Jojo was like slamming a Red Bull then slams the can against his glove, punches himself in the chest and walks out in the field. And, you know, that's not the energy that Sosa brought, but that's definitely <laughs> a, a type of energy that uh, is fun, you know, from a, play, a fan it's, perspective. It's more what as Cardinal, you know, the, a lot of the Cardinal legends are more that type yeah. than, uh, than the like giant smile after uh, hitting yeah. a triple, you know, uh, I, when you were talking about videos, I thought you were going to say the other one that was going around, which was Sosa's insane play up the middle, turn, <laughs> throw, and just nails the uh, um, the umpire right yeah. in the side of the head. Yeah. Um, Honestly, yeah. he should have been looking. What, what are you doing there? <laughs> yeah, come on. That's on him. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so not a lot to say about this trade, but hopefully uh, you know, we wish Sosa good luck with Philly. And uh, hopefully Jojo can put something together and and be useful for the Cardinals. Yeah. Um, the next thing. Uh, the one that w- I, I won't say we were the only ones that predicted, but this we we directly said, like, this is the most likely trade for the yeah. Cardinals uh, on this podcast. And I uh, I don't think, again, that was an original thought, but I did you know have a little bit like we super called this. It was a very, it was like the Cardinal trade. Uh, The Cardinals have acquired uh, former cub. Great. uh, Jose Quintana. Uh, Hey, he had a really good run with the white Sox. Don't discount that. He's our guy now. Well, that's why they traded uh, Eloy Jimenez and Dylan cease. Yeah. You know, major parts of their current, uh, you know, uh, championship seeking team. Uh, they traded both of those guys for Jose Quintana. So, yeah. uh, which is part of why this makes it a classic Cardinals trade. This is a guy who, at one point in his career, was really, really good, was yeah. considered one of the best pitchers in baseball, one of the bright young stars. And that's why the Cubs really paid for him from the White Sox when they were rebuilding. Uh, what for whatever reason that basically all fell apart the moment he was traded to the Cubs uh, makes me like him a little bit more. Yeah, absolutely. and uh, secret agent. And, 
Yep. And now he's a part of the Cardinals. Yeah. Uh, he was uh, traded for talking about Bird's favorite Jose or Jose reading his name while I'm talking about him. Johan Oviedo and Malcolm Nunez. Yeah. Um, I think a, 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 a super normal price to pay for a, a two month rental of a pitcher that's having a very, very good year. Uh, and I think we're bummed to see Oviedo go, but frankly, he just hasn't been doing it. And, and we need pitchers right now. Yeah. And that's, I think we'd be glad that that's who was given up for this. And hopefully Oviedo could put it together. Um, and uh, Malcolm Nunez, who is young and exciting, but is like multiple steps behind multiple other players on the depth chart. Yeah. And it's just, I don't know. I thought, I thought this trade was good. Made a lot of sense, when, and Quintana's exactly what this team needs right now. Yeah, when you have posi- position player depth in your prospect pool, this is exactly the kind of move you make. It does not set the team back at all, um, and, and and it, it it makes sense. I think also like Stratton has room to grow. He is uh, underperforming his peripherals a little bit, but really, let's talk about Quintana and how good of a year that he has had this year. Yeah, I um, didn't even say Stratton, which came in late uh, yeah. when this was announced, and makes this trade. Even better to me, but uh, yeah, yeah. Let's yeah you imagine Stratton will probably take a role that Verhagen or or Wickren or yeah. any of those guys tried to take. I know he uh, he finished up that game that the Cardinals were winning uh, the day before recording on Tuesday night, um, and that's probably what he'll do. But we need somebody like that. How many times have we talked about innings? Um, but on the Quintana part of it, uh, we're getting somebody who has you know all the experience and all the intangibles and all that good stuff. But we're getting somebody who, when he came to the Pirates. He was kind of looking for something to change. He was looking, you know, this is a a pillow. I, I think I saw fan graphs call it. It's a rolled up towel contract, like less than <laughs> a pillow contract, because that's kind of yeah. where his career was. He, you know, sits down with the brass at, at the in the Pirates front office and the pitching coach asked him, why don't you throw your change up more? It's your best pitch. Why don't you lean on that? And he was throwing it about 9% of the time. He throws it a little over 20% of the time now. And actually, in the, as the season has gone on, it's getting close to 30%. Um, so he's throwing his best pitch more often. And then what he said, I was reading this interview that he gave. He basically said that I can control this pitch any day. Um, and it comes out of my hand good every day. So this is something he feels confident in. And, and the reason I bring all this up is because I think you can look at his numbers and look at the performance with the Pirates. And when when a player makes a change like this, that is a it's a real fundamental change with how they go about their pitch planning. That's something that is that is translatable. That he'll slot into the Cardinals rotation, pump that change up, and I think the success will continue. Um, and when you know, or sorry, I, I kind of. I kind of chopped up my my thoughts there to continue back on the Quintana side of it uh, to end his quote. And I'm paraphrasing here, obviously, uh, but he was talking about how not, you know, throwing the change up close to 30 percent of the time. Uh, not only does he just feel better because he likes that pitch more, but it makes his fastball more effective. He's got a decent curveball and it's pretty much all he throws. Um, so I think I, I think Cardinals fans should be legitimately I don't know if excited is the right word, but this is a good move. This is not a this is not a John Lester trade. This is not a J.A. Happ trade. This is a trade for a pitcher who's been very successful this year by making a real change to their game. So I, yeah. I'm, I'm very happy about this trade. You could argue, and there would be some stats to back this up, that this year alone, the Cardinals have just, a, he has been the, the best player or the best pitcher yeah. now on this Cardinals starting staff. Yeah. 
Um, and yeah, it is not, uh, it's a low bar to jump over, <laughs> yeah. but um, this is not a Hap. This is not a Lester. Um, you know, this is a guy who is performing well uh, on a bad team, which matters, um, especially for, um, you know, outcomes. He's, he's going on a, on a, a, a improved defensive team, uh, improved offensive team, um, just a better team across the board. Uh, so I was really excited by this. We kind of gave it the idea of acquiring Quintana crap. Uh, you know, when we were talking through this, because there were guys like Pablo Lopez, <laughs> Frankie uh, Montas, Tyler Frankie Maley, Monta, you know, there Luis were guys Castillo. like that. Yeah. On the, on the, um, trade block. And, and that's, I think it's fair to like say Quintana is not as fun or good or exciting as at least like a Lopez and yeah. a, and a Castilla. I think when you get to the Mallies and guys like that and the Syndergaards, even you know, Syndergaard is a big name because of the success that he's had, but him as a pitcher for the angels is not the Syndergaard of old. Like I right. think a lot of these guys are all in the same bucket and I'll take what it took to get Quintana yeah. over some of the trades that happened. Um, so I'm altogether excited for it. This is, uh, especially paired with the trade that happened later, you know, this is what the Cardinals Cardinals needed. Um, you know, the, the bullpen is good when it doesn't have to do five innings a game, uh, every game. And so he should give you innings. He should give you, uh, at least a, a quality effort. And, uh, you know, the bargain is really low right now for, uh, for improving the rotation, but I thought it was a good trade. And even though he gave up a guy that we really like in Oviedo, you got to trade talent to get some talent, even though they could have, you know, they're not going to, the pirates aren't going to get anything for two more months of Quintana. They still don't, you don't give up a player for nothing. Right. Right. Especially the, the, in the division. You can't, you can't yeah. just be like, here's a win. Yeah. Yeah. The pirates Absolutely. would rather just hold yeah. Quintana for two more months than give him away. So you've got to give something. And I know? think, I, and I think the price was fine. I think if anybody who is, is shocked by that is, I, I just disagree heavily. Um, I hope I, I really hope that those two players succeed, and I hope Johan Oviedo in particular. I hope that he kind of clicks in starting. Like, although yeah. we were kind of joking about this the other day, like other than Jose Quintana, the Pirates don't have a great uh, history of uh, pitching Dev and, and, and getting guys <laughs> uh, getting the most out of guys. You know, Joe Musgrove and Garrett Cole, and uh, yeah. I'm forgetting the guy in, in uh, Tampa Bay right now. Uh, um. Uh, Glasnow, Glasnow, Shane Boz. Yeah. Uh, there, there's, there's yeah. many names that we can there's, reference. Here. It just keeps going, but hopefully uh, Oviedo, but you know, kind of bucks that. They can develop some hitters, though. They and, can. Uh, you know, I, I suspect that Malcolm Nunez will hit some bombs against the Cardinals yeah. in the future, and we'll be like, damn, that could have been us, but we needed two months of Jose Quintana. Yeah, but that's how trades work. I, uh, so I, I, uh, Re- really quick before we move on from Quintana, also, I just think it's worth pointing out he's only 33. It seems like he would be like in his 40s because he's it feels like he's been around forever, but he's still young. Um, so yeah, yeah I, I expect good things out of him. Um, and yeah, we can we can move on. I well, yeah, I, I was gonna say I could see possibly offering like another year to him if this oh, goes really well. Hey, that's gonna happen. I'm, I'm gonna say I, that's a foregone conclusion, unless we get some good results from Liberator, yeah, and um and or Zach Thompson in these next two months. Quintana uh, is here to stay. And also 
Wainwright is going to pitch for like three more years because they're, they're going to offer he, Quintana two years, 22 million at the end of the year. And he's going to stick around. <laughs> I'm calling it now. All right. All right. Put it on the board. <laughs> All right. So, uh, you know, one of the, one of two, I'd say big trades from this, yeah. uh, from this, uh, deadline. So, uh, next huge one. I, I know I just said that the Quintana trade, here's the other one. The the Cardinals Soto so eat your heart out. Yeah, the Cardinals receive catcher Austin Allen uh, from the uh, Athletics. Ben has been lobbying for a, a catcher trade from the Athletics for for a while now. <laughs> you know, you got it. This is yeah. the one you wanted. Uh, and the uh, uh, Cardinals gave up Carlos Garate, which I will be honest, that was the first time I had seen that person's name. Um, I consider myself to some degree. I'm no Kyle, you know, yeah. who we had on the show recently. I'm no, I'm not that deep, but, um, I consider myself pretty knowledgeable at the Cardinals farm system. I had not really seen this guy before. So, yeah. Uh, and I'll tell you for Austin Allen, when this happened, I think I texted you and I said, Oh, he's the, the hard throwing right-handed, uh, side armor. Um, I was like, nope. no, no, that, no, it's a catcher. And I was like, Oh shit. Okay. I guess yeah. I don't know who Austin Allen is either. <laughs> Yeah, it, it, we're really putting this here. The, this trade and the last trade that we're going to talk about kind of happened simultaneously. Yeah, um, it's catching depth. Yeah, you know, I it's mean, fine. It, it, it looks good to me, though. Like you look at his batting line. It's it's not pathetic. It's in triple A. Um, the defense, it, he he's more of a defender than a hitter. Um, you know, he, he's in his uh, late 20s. Um, hopefully, you know, he provides some competence behind the plate. That, that's all the Cardinals need right now. Yeah. Well, you need security. Uh, Yachty's back, which we're going to talk about later, um, but only two more months. Yeah. And uh, Kisner is maybe not going to be there much longer. And Herrera is supposed to be the catcher of the future, but also maybe not. So you yeah. need uh, you need these redundancies where if everything falls apart, you at least have a guy you can stick back there that can catch a good game and may and give you a competitive at bat. And is that Allen? I don't know. We'll find yeah. out. But, you know, they it, need it that depth. Definitely makes you question, like, what? where is Ali Sanchez? Like, where? Where are? where's Tyler Heineman? Like, what What happened to some of these guys that were in the system in spring and just aren't there? But that doesn't really matter. I hope that Austin Allen gets spun up quickly. You know, the, the whole thing with getting a, a catcher spun up is just so much harder than any other position. Yeah. Um, so I hope that it happens quick, and I wouldn't be surprised to see him in the bigs really quick. Yeah. Um, so moving to the last one, and I would say this is the biggest trade of the deadline, not yeah, just because easily. of timing, but also because of impact and players given. Yeah. So fan favorite, we loved him. We'll probably be in my, you know, favorite Cardinals of all time list for yeah. a very long time. Uh, Harrison Bader was shockingly, I think, traded to the New York Yankees for left-handed starter Jordan Montgomery. Yeah. Uh, and Montgomery, like Bader, is under team control until the end of 2023, which is something that the Cardinals had at least indicated they were interested in, is not just making rental trades like they did with Quintana, but also acquiring someone who could help uh, beyond. And they found that in this trade with the Yankees, which was announced, I think, like at five o'clock yeah. on 
the trade deadline, which was fun, you know, because it, it was definitely getting a little oh, too. Oh man, I was <laughs> yeah, I was really not doing well. The the yeah the things that we yeah. would be talking right now if it was a Quintana and Allen and that's Quintana. it. Yeah. The, the tone that of this podcast JoJo. would be much different. Oh, and JoJo, yeah. I keep forgetting about JoJo. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I was my first emotion to this was, of course, like man, like Bader. That's that's a bummer in yeah. the same way that trading Edmundo Sosa was a bummer. Is that like it was like on a personal level? Yeah. You know, I was like, damn, like that guy is awesome. Bader tots, you know? Yeah. And uh, but I was almost immediately balanced with like i think this is a really good trade for the cardinals i that that i so i will say and i i love bader i think i've expressed my concern about his plantar fasciitis over the past three weeks like extensively um so i don't need to hit that anymore but i guess i'll hit it one more time and i'll say that really freaks me out i mean that's Um, it right that's 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 huge that's huge um so i will say my first thought was, oh my God, I cannot believe we got one of the Yankees pitchers. The the Yankees pitching has kind of been the the whole thing. Uh obviously Aaron Judge is is a huge part of their 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 what however many games they have over everyone right now. Yeah. Best team in baseball. Um, but I, you know, you, you see Severino got moved to the 60 day uh uh IL. Um their their pitching their group pitching RA has kind of scooted up as the season has gone on. On Jamison Tyone hasn't looked as great as he did. Now, obviously, you know, the another Yankees, former pirate. Who, another, uh, oh, they <laughs> add him to the list. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the pirates, poor, poor pirate. The, the Yankees amazing team is led by two former pirates. pirates. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, so I, I thought like the fact they, or what I was getting at, they traded for Montas. So that, that makes an opening o- open up, I guess. But I figured a team like them, they would want to be acquiring pitching depth rather than shedding it off. So I was shocked. I don't understand the need from the Yankees perspective. Aaron judge is playing center field right now. Maybe they want to rest him more. They also have Aaron Hicks, who is not a fantastic center fielder, but he is a major league center fielder. Um, so I was very surprised by the move in general. And I kind of felt my personal thought was, holy crap, I can't believe we got Jordan Montgomery. Yeah. Um, I mean, he's a lefty. Uh, I'm going to go through some of his numbers here in a moment, but like we have him for next year. Yeah. Um, this, this is a, I think one of those sneaky Mo moves and apparently the Yankees feel like they need that uh, elite center field defense and, and Bader's speed to complement their clearly championship seeking team. Yeah. And I think this is a trade where they're like trying to, they're so good that they are seeking to improve their 25th man spot with like a guy like Harrison Bader Whereas the Cardinals are like, shit, we're trying to improve our, you know, our third starting <laughs> pitcher. Harrison you know? Bader, I think what you just said is incredible. Harrison Bader, probably not an everyday starter for the New York Yankees. Right. Health, which is yeah, insane. A, healthy, a yes. healthy Bader is not probably starting every day, which, right. yeah. Um, and there is a clause where if uh, Bader does not start for them this year, or there's there's like a playing time element to it where there'll be a player to be named later included in the package. I'm interested to 
hear what that player is uh when it's a player to be named later from my understanding it's usually either someone from the existing draft class and they can't be traded or it's just literally not negotiated yet yeah uh, and they'll figure it out when it happens um which probably isn't the case because that seems like super uh you know like the leverage is all over the place if, yeah you know, yeah what there could also be a, a, sm- a short list that they've agreed upon to to renegotiate yeah. and they'll, they'll figure that yeah. out and yeah i think like it, it seems you know if you believe all the medical reports that the cardinals were putting out about bader he is on his way back i think it's it's reasonable to expect him to be back this season and for his sake i i hope so and to be totally honest you know, as a, 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 a rabid baseball watcher that I, I think we both are, like, I can't wait to watch Bader playing for the Yankees in the playoffs. Yeah. And as the season winds down, because I love his game, I love how he goes about it. And you know, he's going to be a superstar in New York and everyone's going to be so behind him and the yeah. way that he plays all that. So I'm, I'm really well, only, looking forward to that. Yeah, same. And he's from New York and he only has, but he only has one year left on his contract. He's so from we'll the Bronx. He's not, yeah. no, not a, like he's from where the Yankees are. Like it's yeah. that people are going to yeah. lose their minds over that. Yeah. Um, and he's flashy and he's funny. He's, he's no. all the reasons why we, we all love Bader. So, um, I wanted to go over some reasons why we should be excited about, uh, Jordan Montgomery though. How, um, besides how about the fact six, six, two twenty eight. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Big boy. That's a, that's a pitcher's frame right there. Um, <laughs> So, you know, he's got there's the intangible stuff, you know, pitching for the Yankees, all of that. Um, but I, I, I saw some stats online and I'm trying to be better about citing my sources. So this came from a tweet from Brandon Kylie on Twitter, uh, uh, which is at BK Sports Talk. Great follow. Um, he took uh, all of the. Um, really the big pitchers that were traded in this trade deadline and compared their stats to each other. So uh, the list of pitchers was Jordan Montgomery, Noah Syndergaard, Tyler Molly, Jake Odorizzi, Jose Quintana, Frankie Montas, and Luis Castillo. Uh, I think, you know, pretty clearly those were the the big pitchers that were sure. moved this offseason, right? Among them, Jordan Montgomery... First of all, leads all of them in innings pitched. It's a boring one, but it is exactly what the Cardinals need yes, right it now. Is. Um, you know, and some of them he leads by a pretty good margin. He is on the higher end of FIP, which is not great, but it's also not horrible at a 3.9. He's right in the middle of the pack at, at K percentage, but he has the best walk percentage of the whole group, which is something that we've seen the Cardinals struggle with and target when trying to fix the the poor pitching. We have a great defense. Let them be, let them play, right? Walks are, are bad. Uh, he has the second highest ground ball percentage. So you pair that with that good walk rate and you've got someone who's perfectly set up for a, a good defensive team. He has the second lowest whip. So he's not, you know, not letting guys on base. And he has the lowest hard hit rate. That, of course, leads to all of those ground balls. And then finally, and I thought this was the most interesting. He was not ranked very high on strikeout percentage, but he has the highest swinging strike percentage yeah. of 
all of the guys that were traded, included, including Luis Castillo, who is considered a strikeout pitcher. Right. So what do we got here? We've got a guy who's getting a lot of swing and misses, but the strikeouts aren't there because everyone is making soft contact and he's not walking anyone. Yeah. Um, Sounds like the perfect pitcher for the Cardinals. Uh, yeah, and I think you're totally right. You know, I, I have baseball savant pulled up in front of me right now, and he's a he's a sinker changeup guy, uh, and I think that speaks to what you're talking about: low strikeouts because people are just pounding the ball into the ground and weakly, like you said. And, and the only thing I think I would add, and I think this just reflects everything that you were reading from that tweet, is on the baseball savant, you know, the little percentile rankings thing that everybody likes to kind of share out on social media. Uh, he is 91 percent uh, or 91 percentile in walks and 90 uh, percentile in chase rate. So a- everything that you said, I mean, that that all of that is huge. Um, yeah, I, I think like he throws it's 40 percent, 40 percent sinker sinkers. Jeez. 24, 25 uh, percent change ups. And then he mixes in some curveball, forcing fastball and a little bit of cutter. Um, and I think. I mean, that, that is, is, that is essentially Wayno's kit. You know, that, that right. is, he is, uh, I don't expect, uh, um, you know, he doesn't have the curveball like Wayno does, but, um, it's very similar to Matt's. It's very similar to Wayno. It's, they're definitely looking for a repertoire that makes a lot of sense. I think comparing him to Matt's is probably a pretty good comparison, um, but better around the plate. And by that, I mean, he's not throwing as many balls. Um, I, I, this is a huge, huge, huge pickup for the Cardinals. I think, like you mentioned, the additional year of uh, uh, of control is also really, really important. Um, but yeah, I absolutely love this deal. I think it's a slam dunk for the Cardinals. I think it immediately, immediately stabilizes the rotation, especially with Mats and Jack and everything that's going yeah. on. Yeah, I mean, if you get Jack Flaherty back... You know, you, it's a much better spot than it was, uh, you know, a couple of months ago where it's like we need him back because there are three openings on the rotation. Now it's like if you get Jack back, like who are you actually dropping? I think there's still some clear options there, but it's it's way, way better than it was before. And in between Quintana and Montgomery, they should, uh, you know, pitch every five days, should give you quality innings which makes the bullpen better, which makes some of these guys like uh, Hudson or, um, you know, maybe when Matt, if and when Matt's comes back or if and when Flaherty comes back, you have a more rested bullpen for their sort of return to form starts. It's great. Like this isn't the um, elite upgrade that we, some of us had kind of hoped like a Pablo Lopez who you're now slotting a guy into your number one or your number two spot, which is, of course, fun. But if you look at what the Reds gave up for Luis Castilla, or sorry, the Mariners, Mariners gave up yeah. to get from the Reds, you know, it was a huge deal for the same amount of control that the Cardinals are getting for Jordan Montgomery. And the Cardinals traded from a, a position of of real depth. Now they don't have another Harrison Bader in in the um, in the organization, but they do have Dylan Carlson, who is a very good center fielder and they have like 18 different dudes that kind of deserve spots, deserve starts in right field right now. And so you open up those playing positions. We're going to talk about some of that here in a little bit. Um, It just makes a lot of sense. And all of the unknown of Harrison Bader's plantar fasciitis, like he might just not come back and that sucks. And I really hope it's not the case, but 
Or it's a chronic issue that he comes back and then he goes down and he comes back and he goes down. Um, So, yeah, I, 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 like I said, I was a little surprised that we got that much. I'm a little surprised the Yankees went for it. I'm a little surprised the Yankees traded from that player pool. Like uh, very, very, very surprising move. And I think like, you know, if you spend any time on the Yankees subreddit or or Twitter, (laughs) I don't think anyone's really happy about it. So yeah, um, that's always a win. Yeah. Of course, Time will tell how this goes, but it's always nice when a trade happens and you you see the other fan base just being like, what the fuck did we just do? This yeah. doesn't make any sense. <laughs> yeah. like, you want to be on that side rather than you know the other side of it. So um, altogether, I, I'd say it was a one of the best trade deadlines we've had in quite a while. Um, but at the same time, very Cardinals, you know, nobody well, was really giving up. No, um, like the, the top of the roster was not improved. The back middle, the middle and the back of the roster was improved. Yeah. I, I think when you're, when you're associated with the Soto sweepstakes, as much as the Cardinals were, it's almost no way we're coming out of this yeah. without feeling a little let down or disappointed or whatever you want to call it. Um, but I think, you know, circumstances where they are, I think the Cardinals did really well. Well, it's the, the, like, I think there was at least personally speaking, you know, there was some hope that if the Cardinals were willing to make a big splash for Soto, then they'd be willing to make a big splash for a, uh, a not, there's no one else even close to Soto on the market, but make a big splash for an impact impact player elsewhere in the same way that the Mariners did for Luis Castillo right or wrong, you know, we'll find out. But like, I think, a lot of us thought the Cardinals were going to pivot towards a Pablo Lopez or even a Carlos Rodon, who I was really hoping for. Rodon uh, not would, getting traded is one of the biggest question marks of the deadline. Yeah, well, there's a few of those, and I think we should just talk about it now because you know um, the the Giants did not trade Carlos Rodon, who's very likely he he's already hit the the minimums. He can opt out at the end of this year, and he very likely will. Uh, so he's a Cy Young contender this year. Um, apparently the giants let it know, let it be known that he was available, but is asking their asking price was insane and no one met that asking price. So he's just still there. I just Um, can't imagine nobody offered something that was over the qualifying offer unless they have intentions on give, you know, backing up the, the Brinks truck and and re-signing him and they wanted to maintain that relationship. It just, it's very, maybe the weirdest hold of the, the trade deadline. Yeah, after that, uh, the other uh, I'd say tied for the weirdest hold, especially considering all the media that was on it was uh, holding uh, Wilson Contreras. Uh, I thought you were going to drop a uh, drop a burger on the Rockies right there because uh, they, well, they held on to everything. <laughs> yeah, but they didn't have anybody to trade anyway. So um, Chad Cool well, would have got would have got yeah back. Daniel Bard Daniel Bard Daniel Bard would have got people, but back. they didn't have a will they didn't have a maybe best catcher in baseball or a Cy Young contender like uh, the Giants had. No, that's, so will, that's I mean, true. And also, I guess maybe it's just our market, but you know the the w- Ian Happ Wilson Contreras hug they got some play. Oh like, yeah, it was like that made you think that he had been told he was going to be traded. You know, Do you think like, they show up to work the next day being like, oh. Hey, hey. Let's hu- <laughs> hey, bro, let's hug it out again. Yeah. <laughs> that was a diff that we were hugging for a different reason. Yeah. Um, it's just, it's our, our pregame thing, our postgame thing. Yeah. So with some of those guys being held though, it, 
like, you know, the Marlins decide not to trade Lopez, which is fine. I understand yeah. that. The Giants, for whatever reason, don't trade Rodon. Cubs hold on to some of their guys. Um, the market, like, there were a lot of people that weren't expected or that were expected to be traded that that did not. And ultimately, I'm happy with the Cardinals trade deadline. It was not flashy, but I think they made some meaningful upgrades where they needed to. And I think this gives them a shot at the division and a shot at the wild card without well, giving up. You know, I would argue comparing to what the rest of the division did, um, it, it definitely puts you in a, in, a, in a pretty good spot. We'll talk about the NL so Central we'll, here in a second. But let's do that now. Let's, let's go in. in. Let's yeah. go into. Um, let's talk about what the rest of the of yeah. the division did. Um, what Why don't you you take us into? Well, I'll, I'll start with you talk about bewildering moves on the trade deadline, or, or this was a little bit before. But I so the Brewers they traded Josh Hader to the Padres for a haul. Uh, don't get that twist. Very good closing pitcher is. Uh, it's like it happened. Uh, oh, it was Roberto Ozuna was the only other time that and, that happened. And Ken, and that, Ken Giles. Yeah. And that, that was for, you know, Roberto Ozuna being a piece of shit reasons. Uh, yeah. And the Houston, not Houston, not caring about that. Anyways. Um, so Josh Hader traded to the Padres for Taylor Rogers, Denelson Lamette, who was just DFA today, which makes the That's trade even weirder. Weird. Uh, weird. And then prospects, Robert Gasser, and Esturi Ruiz, um, Robert Gasser, I believe he's some type of pitcher and Ruiz is a pretty, uh, decent outfielder. Um, and, and I think that's all fine and dandy. They, I also will call out that during this deadline, uh, the Brewers got Matt Bush from the Texas Rangers and signed Trevor Rosenthal, who I believe was an unrestricted free agent. Um, my thing about this is I think that this is about as shrewd of a trade as I have ever seen. Trading a superstar closer away from a first place team whose whole thing is their pitching, their one two punch in the bullpen. I just like, I don't know if you saw any of these, uh, the interviews that like Devin Williams. I, and- I saw the Devin, I actually, I stopped watching the Devin Williams one because I was like, I don't. I'm, I don't want to watch this anymore. I, that dude is so bummed. I, well, and I, you know, I, I think that it's one of those things, it's, it's hard for us to really know. Um, but like, what does that do to a clubhouse when you're like, I think that you and I can sit here with our little, uh, uh monopoly pieces and say, yeah, this is probably a good trade. You're, you're getting a, a really good closer, uh, not Josh Hader. Good. Um, you get a little more control and you also get some other players. Um, I, I'm not sure I would say the Padres blew the brewers out of the water. Um, but it was a good trade. I think, you know, just looking at it like that. But what does it do to a clubhouse? How does like if, if Devin Williams falters in the closer role, like what does that do? I, I just can't imagine taking somebody away from a team who's in a position that they're in, in, in the standings. And, and like I said, how they're built, they're built around this. Yeah. It's a strange move. Um, I have gone back and forth between whether this was like who, who, who made the smart move here? Because in the same way, like the Padres, you know, they acquire Josh Hader, which just feels like no matter what, a good move. Um, and, yeah. and to be fair, <laughs> he's pretty good. He's pretty good. Uh, Rogers has been faltering a little bit lately, you know. Right. Um, and but they also gave up um, Ruiz. You know, I don't know how much you followed him 
and it could just be a hot streak, but the dude looks like the next, you know, these aren't necessarily good comps, but you can see like the, the you know, it's like the, uh, Edelberto Mondesi, Billy Hamilton, these guys that are faster than everyone in baseball. Um, he has something like 60 steals in his first, like, 80 games at triple a this year or, or in the minors. I I'm, I'm fudging some numbers here, but he's had an insane run up. No, look year. it up while you're talking. Um, you know, he, I think he had like 13 home runs and 57 stolen bases before the all-star break for their, uh, double a and triple a squad. And yeah, what, he got what's called 23 plus 37 is 60. 60 60 even yeah there you go so that's in that's his uh double a and triple a number st- stolen base numbers combined he also walks yeah. at a good clip yeah um, like he yeah but this all he he basically entered the year as like an unknown and just went bonkers and made it all the way to the majors and then the but the padres are so stacked he got called up because they couldn't keep him in triple a anymore but they don't really have a spot to play him and so the brewers just got this guy that you know, again, maybe it's a crazy hot streak, but he certainly looks like an incredibly exciting player. Uh, and they got another reliever who's maybe not, you know, Josh Hader, I think, is, you know, is arguably a Hall of Fame track for a reliever. Yeah. Um, if he was on the Yankees or the Dodgers, he would absolutely be on a Hall of Fame track. Um, but, you know, Brewers. But anyway, uh, so anyway, I, I'm rambling at this point, but I've gone back and forth on like, who this trade makes a lot of sense for. It's a very strange trade. Ultimately, I'm just glad that the Cardinals don't have to see Josh Hader oh anymore. Oh my God, yes. He was, <laughs> that is so... for sure. <laughs> this is a Cardinal podcast, so I'll take, you know, I think we'll be, I think like this is a good trade for the Brewers long-term. But in the short-term, like, yeah, it's strange. It's a weird you know? move, and, yeah. And, and the way Devin Williams was so pissed or upset about it. But we can that's that narrative stuff that like you can draw a narrative for everything because, or maybe Devin Williams now we'll see it. He's the new head of the bullpen and it's his job. And now he's going to run with it. And like, you can, you can craft a narrative for anything. I I think it's more that I I would imagine. I I think it's less to do with like that position specific aspect of it. And it's more, I have to imagine the Brewers clubhouse feels like they took away yeah, an asset from a champion or a, a team that's in first place and, and potentially a championship team. So that yeah. that I think is probably the bigger concern. But yeah, we'll see. I mean, uh, that it is definitely narrative East type stuff, uh, but it also depends like you're talking about Taylor Rogers just starts kind of falling off. That's real. Um, yeah. But yeah, we'll find out. Um, all right. Moving on. Let's talk about the Cubbies. We already talked. They did not trade Contreras. They did not trade Hap even after Huggate. Not hug gate. That's not what it was. It was just a cute hug. I'll take that. <laughs> Too much gravitas. Um, they did make a few trades, although small. They traded Michael Givens to the Mets. They traded David Robertson to the Phillies and Scott Efros to the Yankees um, for all minor league pieces. Uh, probably good moves. I think we talked about that. That was kind of what the Cubs were setting up. Like either that yeah. bullpen was going to save them and their offense was going to click or they were going to do exactly what they just did. So no surprise. Yeah. Um, Outside of not trading Contreras, I think the Cubs have generally done a good job in their rebuild. Yeah. And that's how this 
deadline felt to me as well. Yeah. I just feel bad for Suzuki. He's, you know, awesome player stuck in a stupid town or in a stupid ballpark and wearing he stupid. He made the choice though. That he just signed with him. You, you know, know, he did, but did you hear about, there was some like misleading about the weather that exists in Chicago and Suzuki was kind of like, you know, you, you said this and Chicago early in the season is cold. I'll, I'll, I'll try to look that up and share it with okay. you, but essentially I'm, I'm forgetting the GM of the Cubs all, all of a sudden, uh, which I've not heard that. That's very funny, but also, um, Suzuki, you too have access to the internet. So, um, that is true. You know, don't get fooled. But I, yeah, I get it though. If you're like, I'm going to go sign a big contract. What's Chicago? Like, tell me what the weather's like. Um, you, you are right, Nate, but wow, you'd, you'd be a shrewd, GM. Um, nice <laughs> Thank guy. you. Uh, yeah. That's not a compliment. Um, I'll take it. <laughs> let's move on to the Reds. Uh, the Reds, I hesitate to say that they had a good trade deadline, but I think if you look at where their uh, where their farm is and where it was and where it is, I think I saw that they were rated 24th before these trades started happening, and now they're rated 8th by uh, Fangraphs metrics. So good for you, I guess. I'm just going to hit the highlights because I don't really think we should break down every little uh, prospect they got back. All no. I'll say is the Mariners paid for Castillo. Uh, they really paid for Castillo. I, that was a trade that after I saw that go down, I didn't even want to entertain the idea of the Cardinals paying the added divisional tax that would have been included. Right. So yeah. Okay. Yeah, with I, moving on from that. I uh, we'll see uh, just real quick on the Castillo trade. Noel V Marte, who is the, the headline yeah. of that um, for what it's worth his prospect shine has started to diminish a little bit this season. So he's still very highly ranked, but coming into this season, a lot of people considered him a top 10 prospect and he has fallen into the top 30 prospect sort of range, which is still very, very good. (laughs) Don't get me wrong, but his top 10 ish status was around projectables and not around performance because he's still very young. And so, uh, performance is starting to lower him and there's a possibility that you know the the mariners were able to dump a a faltering prospect uh at the right time yeah. so this this could end up looking differently for the for the mariners if Marte does not turn it around in the way that a lot of people think, but also he's super young and a half season is an incredibly small sample size for a young player. So it, he could end up coming back with a vengeance and the reds like fleeced the hell out of the Mariners for this. Yeah. Yeah. We'll see. Um, obviously I hope that it goes poorly for the reds um, because (laughs) of what they've done to their fan base. Um, not to mention their interdivision rivals, but yeah, it is just crazy if you look at who they had on their team last year to where they have ended up post trade deadline in yeah. 2022. It's just yeah. like honestly embarrassing. Um, moving on, uh, Maley, uh Tyler Maley went to the Twins for a nice haul. Uh, inexplicably, uh, Tommy Pham is now patrolling the outfield in uh, uh, Fenway. He is a Red Sox. Which I, I find, thought your stab tweet was good, by the way. You know, that was, I think nobody, it was on, no, I got no play on that. That was yeah, good. It was underrated. Okay, know. thank you. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I appreciate that. Yeah, I think I said uh, Red Sox take a stab at improving their outfield mm-hmm. or something. That's good. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, well, don't come at me, Tommy. You, you would win. <laughs> 
Um, don't hurt me. Um, and then Brandon Drury uh, to the Padres, another player to the Padres guy having a great, he, I mean, he was the best player on the Reds this year, uh, 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 position player, at least um, a guy that's hitting bombs and can play all over the field. Uh, so another impact pickup, a by grand the slam in his first game with the Padres. He did. Yeah, He's been good. He's been really good. And they yeah. got uh, a, I think the Padres like sixth overall prospect for him. So yeah. um, a good deal for the Reds, you know, that worked out for them. Yeah. I, I thought the Reds had a pretty good deadline. Um, they, I mean, it's not it, with the but massive it's also, caveat that they ripped apart a competitive yeah, team. Exactly. Yeah, ex- yeah. Exactly. Yeah. They, they're, they're selling a team that yeah. could have competed. If, if it's like, co- if yeah. the Cardinals decided to sell off right now, their their prospect hall would look incredible. You know, it's yeah. like it's saying like or it's like the the Nationals. Yeah, you know they they won the World Series in 2019. Yeah, and now in 2022, almost that entire core well, is gone. I, I'm convinced the learners they they won their World Series and then they're like cashing out. Yeah, I, they're done. Um, yeah, I, I'm 99 sure that's what happened yeah. there. It makes sense, but that's why they're getting all these. Biggest trades of all time, sure. like, you know, insane returns because they're trading some of the best players of the yeah. last five years, you know, so. All uh, right. Uh, and then the final team to talk about Pittsburgh. We already talked about them, though. They made a trade with the Cardinals that we discussed at length. Thank you for Quintana. I hope Stratton um, is effective. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. They're like, they just don't even have anyone to trade. So, <laughs> no. Well, yeah. those those players are on the Nationals or on the Yankees <laughs> yeah. or yeah. in Tampa yeah. Bay or go on and on. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, I think that concludes our first half of this at least. I think um, we're just going to go long today. I think we might go a little long. Yeah. Um and that's cool. It was a it was a big it's a big time, you know, for the for the for the league and for the Cardinals. So uh, before we move to the back half, though, which will not be as long as this first half, but uh, <laughs> uh, we want to take a moment to remind everyone that we are supported on Patreon. That's patreon.com slash talking about birds. We have multiple different levels, but either way, any supporter gets access to our private discord server. We call it the bird scored. We had a lot of fun over this last week uh, talking about the rumors, talking about the trade deadline, um, you know, just chatting about the Cardinals and what was happening. It's a great place to go to speak directly to other Cardinals fans that isn't on Twitter where you're just sort of hitting send out into the ether and hoping someone happens to see it on their timeline. We look at everything on on the Discord and uh, it's growing. We want to shout out a new patron john noble um we're, we're super excited to have you uh as a as a part of the the discord and thank you so much for supporting the show um and again that's patreon.com slash talking about birds if you can't join that we always appreciate a great review on uh, your favorite podcast app it helps it really does and it makes us feel good as long as you say nice things yeah if you're gonna say mean things say them about ben nope five stars only (laughs) just tweet up tweet mean things at ben and leave good reviews (laughs) all right uh ben uh 
if they want to say mean things about you, yeah, uh, where do they find us online? Yeah, you know, follow us on Twitter at Talk About Birds. We are there uh, constantly, both of us, all of the time. Uh, find us there. Uh, you can also follow us on Instagram at Talking About Birds, and of course, you can email Talk About Birds at gmail.com if you have any questions or thoughts or anything you want to share with the podcast. Um, and and per usual, I'm trying to think. Uh, I don't know. I, I think uh, Nate kind of was a. Uh, uh, goose at me a little bit for this watermelon thing. I think just send in hate mail towards Nate and let him know <laughs> that I will be successful. Um, or, or, or actually no better yet. Send in things that are encouraging to me. Cause I truly don't know how successful I'm going to be <laughs> presently enough. Never attempted to do this. So we'll see what happens. Uh, but yeah, make sure, uh, reach out to us. We, we appreciate, uh, the little community that we have around us and, uh, yeah, reach out. Yeah. We, we appreciate everyone who has supported the show thus far. So, all right, moving on. Um, a few things to touch on. The uh, We just have some Cardinals news and notes. We would have normally done this at the top of the show, if not for the trade deadline. Um, I think, first and foremost, um, outcomes aside, we are all very happy to have Yachty back as, yes. the, uh, as a starting catcher. My for the St. Louis Cardinals. I think it was 37 uh, games. It felt so much longer it than really that. Did. It really yeah. did. It really did. And, um, you know, Wayno and Yachty continue to uh, check those boxes and march towards that record that I honestly care more about than I care about, like, a lot of the outcomes <laughs> yeah. of this season, I frankly. Agree. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's like, yeah, they moved into second all time, 2017. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it's great. You know, the, the team talks about it. Like there, I, I tend to like kind of, um, you know, guffaw at narrative stuff a little bit or like a is not the right word. Yeah. That was lame. What are you talking about? I tend to like, uh, I think that the poo poo, <laughs> I don't like saying poo poo. <laughs> uh, I tend to think that the narrative stuff is overblown, Yeah, but I do think that there is a, there is some legitimacy to everybody talking about how the clubhouse is different with Yachty back. Just the game feels different with Yachty back. Um, it just, that, that tracks, that makes sense the to me. The first inning he comes back, there's a strike him out, throw him out. Yeah. It's, it's so the great. First inning he's back. Yeah, yeah. It's so good. And you know, we have to get used to a non Yachty world. Like this is it, but like, it's different knowing he's just gone because he's retired versus like he's on the shelf, you know? So, yeah. Uh, so he's back and it's great. And I hope that he manages to make through the rest of the season and they break the record. And uh, we all just, you know, go and give Yachty a big hug. And he then goes back to uh, kicking basketballs in uh, Puerto Rico. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He, I mean, he deserves a send off and Cardinals fans deserved it deserve to be able to send him off and you know however this season ends I, i'm just glad that he's back and he looks to be to be healthy or or whatever the knees less inflamed i yeah ha- very very yeah. happy about that so we already talked about it but paul DeYoung is now our starting shortstop again um i don't think there's much more to say than hopefully it he's back and it clicks you got that defense that we want and uh you know do you, do you want some super small uh sample size good news sure Paul De- uh, DeYoung has 12 at-bats in the big leagues uh, since coming back. Five of those uh, at-bats have ended with hard-hit balls, so that means 95-plus. Um, it's basically nothing. I am but I'm really trying to find something good to say here, but we've seen him hit a couple of balls over the wall. I think we've seen, you know, the approach is the approach. 
fact that he's hitting the ball hard early, we'll good. take that. It's, good. it's better than yep. not. Yep, we'll take it. So we'll see. Continue yep. to monitor that. But I think we do know now that the like quote unquote experiment of Edmund at short will be totally fine. Yeah. So I expect that the um the leash will be a little different for DeYoung at, at shortstop. Yeah, I time. think so. So um Gorman's got to play. Yeah, exactly. Um all right. Uh let's talk about right field a little bit. The um we've seen Newt Bar, you know, Dickerson has been left or right, you know, yeah. depending on on O'Neill's health. Um let me just say we have always been Corey Dickerson fans <laughs> on this show. Uh we've always wow. supported Corey Dickerson. We've always lobbied for more playing time. Yes. Um, and you know what? Finally, a show like this is rewarded for our our courage, frankly, yeah. mm-hmm. to support Corey Dickerson. Yeah. Uh, I think that everything <laughs> you said is 100% accurate. Um, I'm glad he is getting the playing time he gets. He deserves it. <laughs> there, there's he no keep- other option. May he keep it up. <laughs> well, so let's talk about that. May he keep it up. He is starting to slug a little bit. He's over the past couple of weeks. He's got over a 600 slugging percentage. Um, yeah. The the narrative on the broadcast is that he's, uh, what is it? They keep saying something. He's he's swinging out of his shoes or he's swinging with intent <laughs> or something like that. And, and I'm, you know, I'm fine with that. Say whatever you want. What the hell was he doing before? I think he was just missing the ball, guys. Swinging with mal intent. Yeah. Um, so sure. I don't really know what to think of that. Corey Dickerson is what he is. Um, depth piece, 25th man on the rast- roster type piece. What I think is much more exciting is what Newt Bar has been doing recently. Newt, Newt for, you know, he's a baby, um, which is good. I think he's a much better defender than Corey Dickerson, which is yeah. good. Um, he walks at a really good clip, which is really good. Um, and yeah, like we we talked about this a couple of weeks ago when Newt was kind of digging himself out of that hole. I just did not believe he was that bad of a hitter. I'm not right. sure he's going to steal right field and run with it for the next six years, but he was not a sub 200, you know, no power, no nothing type hitter. Right. Yeah. And it's been good. They've needed it. Uh, you know, the we were pretty comfortable with trading uh, Harrison Bader, but like the outfield has been in flux for a while now. And uh, having Newbar and Dickerson um, at least contributing offensively has has helped it's you know we haven't really talked about it it's been a rough couple weeks uh for outcomes for the cardinals but like they've been they've been not a part of that problem no and i'll say you know we're talking about two lefties that maybe we'll be taking over some time in right field left field however that shakes out but Burley down in AAA is just going off right now. Alec yeah. Burleson is having a Burleson. great season in AAA. And I have to imagine it is only a matter of time. Um, I cannot tell to. how committed the Cardinals are to Newt and Dickerson. Um, and it, you know, maybe it possibly hurts Alec Burleson that he's also a lefty um, who's not an incredible outfielder. Um, but that that's really what I'd like to see. I mean, unless yeah. Newt just keeps going off, I, I guess I, I I will add a massive caveat there. Like I'll, I'll take Newt all day. Yeah, I'm pretty content to let Newt continue to get at bats. 
Um, I appreciate the recent performance by Dickerson, but I'd love to see Burleson get some of those at bats. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Burleson is he's he's at that point where there's nothing left for him to do at AAA other than continue to mash AAA uh, pitchers until he gets his his spot at the at the starting or at, uh, at the MLB level. Yeah. Yeah, I pulled up the numbers here just to uh he's got a, he's hitting 335 uh batting average and he's got a uh 562 slugging percentage. Not bad. I wouldn't say he's mastered it, but maybe he needs a a newer a new challenge. He's he's also not even <laughs> striking out that much. It's uh just over 15% K rate. I I mean, he's looking great. Um yeah. I I wonder I obviously I don't know about his defense as well as I wish I did, but I wonder if maybe that's part of what's holding him back. But uh, I think it's just there's 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 too many guys right now. Yeah. Um, Yepes hopefully coming off of the um, IL soon. I call him Yepes. (laughs) Me too. Um, I thought Uh, of a stupid joke the other day. Do you want to hear it? I mean, yeah. (laughs) It was after Gorman hit a big home run. And I I thought to myself, uh, Gore boy has really turned into a Gore man. (laughs) You know, <laughs> all right. Not good. Not good. <laughs> You're laughing though. I'll take that. <laughs> uh, all right. That's going to do it for this episode <laughs> of talking about, um, yeah, it's fine. It's fine. You laughed. But so I'm, I'm it would gonna... be better if his name was Gore boy. I know. I know. <laughs> I know. I just, I had a, a private thought and I thought to share it. Okay. That's what the people come for. Um, <laughs> what else? Anything else, Cardinals, before we just talk about the league? No, I, I have written here on the outline. Let's talk about Palante or Dak, but uh, the Cardinals already made that decision. They made that. Before yeah. we started recording, Palante is getting moved back to the uh, bullpen. Uh, Dak is sticking in the in the rotation. I'm not sure if I agree with that. I imagine this is more of a... Palante has been flexible in the past. Dakota has only done this. And I'm sure it is more of a, that decision than anything else, um, yeah. especially coming off of Palante's last performance against the nationals oh. where he just looks so good. I mean, it's really game shut out yeah. chance. That yeah. curveball was cruising. Yeah. That fastball looked great. He was locating first pitch strikes all over the place. Um, but, you know, hopefully Montgomery and Quintana, uh, are, are going to lock things down. And then we have like a, you know, a bullpen ace or somebody highly effective in Palante. Um, yeah. And, and, you know, honestly, those trades, they give Dak a little bit more runway. Like you were kind of talking about this earlier. If we have, you know, four competent starters in miles, uh, miles, Wayno, uh, Monty and Q, um, you can have, you know, Dak kind of figure it out a little bit because he is a right. good starter. There's a good starter in there. Um, but we just didn't have the runway to even allow him to find that. So yeah, we'll right. see how that goes. Yep. All right. So let's wrap it up and talk about some of the bigger moves yeah. outside of the central. So uh, what do you got? What do you want to talk about? Well, I, the first note I have on here is that the Rockies did nothing. I already said that, but it is worth bringing up again because I live in Denver. It is just ever present and I, I can't not think about it. I wrote another joke for this one. Do you, do you want to hear it? Yeah, okay. <laughs> I <laughs> damn it. You're not going to like this. I said uh, he Bill Schmitted the bed. Uh, Bill <laughs> Schmidt being the GM for the, for the Rockies. You wrote that. You have. <laughs> where did you write that? Did I wrote you put it, it 
<laughs> I wrote it to myself. I texted it to myself, essentially. Yeah. Okay. That's good. You can't forget that one. <laughs> <laughs> so Gore Boy was better. Um, no, I, I they don't were need both to hear that. Bad. Okay. Yeah. All right. We'll move you on. Schmidt the bed with your Gore Boy See, joke. You liked it. You just used it. It's part of the vernacular now. Everyone's going to be saying that. Um, yep. But for real, the Rockies deserve. It's, it's always good when you give a joke and then immediately followed up with explaining it to me. <laughs> well, I I was curious because the Rockies are the Rockies. Do people even know who the GM of the Rockies? Like, who no, cares who the GM of the Rockies is? Yeah. Okay. Anyways, uh, in a, a trade that I thought was extremely interesting and, and definitely a bit strange from the Dodgers side, the Dodgers trade. Uh, for Joey Gallo with the New York Yankees. Um, now, I do think that there is probably a non-zero chance that the uh, Dodgers sprinkle some pixie dust and he becomes, you know, a 250 hitter that is capable of putting up 40 bombs in a season. Um, but I just thought it was a weird move. It's it's like he's a guy that you have to play in the majors. Um, I don't really see where he plays. Maybe this is, you know, they're pulling back time from a uh, uh, friend of the pod, uh, uh, Bellinger. And moving Mookie into center, or, or you know, I don't know exactly what's going to look. That's going to look like, but I just thought that was a weird move. They have a lot of lefties that strike out a lot. I don't know. Weird move. My guess is they they someone in their player development is like, I know what the problem with Gallo let me is. at him. Yeah, yeah, and and stupid friggin' Dodgers are going to turn him back into what he was with the Rangers. Yeah, and. Uh, you know, it's going to be super annoying. When that, he, that's your our rec- fantasy pickup recommendation is go get Gallo. <laughs> the Dodgers are going to fix them somehow. Somehow. Um, the Phillies, I think they had a pretty productive uh, trade deadline. Uh, they were uh, the winners of Mr. Syndergaard, which is probably a good move for them. Um, it is funny to me that they have Syndergaard and Wheeler on the same starting staff and that Wheeler is by far um, uh, the better pitcher. I just, you know, a few years yeah. ago when they're on the Mets together, I would have never have guessed that to be the outcome, but here we are. Um, in conjunction with getting Edmundo Sosa from the Cardinals, the Phillies also traded for Brandon Marsh, which I, 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 I guess I also found this one bewildering. Like how, what, what is the, what is they're trying? They're trying to course correct. Okay. Well, what is the angels deep- window? If they don't think Brandon Marsh can help their team? Well, yeah, it's strange from the angels standpoint, but from the Philly standpoint, they're like, okay. So having a DH at every position isn't, <laughs> isn't yeah. working like we thought it would. Let's acquire some actually defensively, uh, proficient players. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I mean, Brandon Marsh is a great ad for them. I, I think he's a good player. I don't know what the center fielder. The, yeah. Yeah. I don't know what the angels were planning on, like why, like how that fits their rebuild. Yeah. Um, yeah. Super strange move, but uh, good for the Phillies, which sucks because, you know, we're kind of in direct competition with them for a, for a, for a wild card spot, but we um, are. Yeah. And I think yeah. it's, I think an interesting question, we'll talk about this as the year goes on, I'm sure, is, is who made their team better? Did the Phillies or the Cardinals win the trade deadline? Because I, I think you're yeah. you're right on with that. Like that is who we'll be laser focused on unless the Cardinals or Phillies start to pull away. Um, in something that I find hilarious, uh, Whit Merrifield, uh, who is traded to the Blue Jays, somebody who uh, a couple of weeks ago did not travel to Toronto because of his vaccina- vaccination status, is <laughs> yeah. now a Blue Jay. Um, luckily for him, they are in a 10 game road, uh, series. Oh, Mona, I 
cat just clawed my legs. Um, <laughs> she's pro Whit Mer- Merrifield. Um, but they I are on a, a ten- might be anti-vax. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> They're on a t- 10 game, uh, uh, road trip. So they have about two weeks to figure out what's going to happen here. My guess is that, uh, Maryfield will get vax and play. Well, he games. said it himself in yeah. a, you know, in a pretty hypocritical statement in my personal opinion that, you know, if the Royals were competing for the playoffs, maybe he would have had a different, uh, you know, point of view yeah and uh and well buddy uh now you are so i i have to imagine this had been sorted to some degree before the uh the blue jays acquired him but we have not really heard much from yep. it so if it had been sorted pre that um you would have thought that it would have been a pretty fast follow on the news yeah you know um so I don't know. Interesting. So we, what a weird set of circumstances. It, and I think we, we covered our opinions on this whole topic last week. Um, but I do just think of all teams to acquire Whit Merrifield. That is very just, funny. Just it's, very funny. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Eric Hosmer was eventually traded from the Padres. He ended up with the Red Sox, another team that had a very strange tra- uh, trade deadline. Um, obviously, I, I acquiring Hosmer, fam trading their starting catcher who is probably should have been an all-star this year. Christian Vasquez. What the hell are they doing? I also, I just always think it's funny when guys have like a very certain set of teams on their no trade clause. Like he, he had the nationals. No. So you're like, okay, maybe it's not, you know, maybe he doesn't want to live on the East coast, but he's got Boston is not on his no trade clause. I don't know. I, is it just like a like fuck you in particular sort of thing, or yeah? I guess everyone has their own reason. Yeah, I, I think but. yeah, players have all kinds of reasons, and I, I would have to like you know, Boston's one of those uh, of franchises that I think everybody would be happy to play for. They're one of the the A list clubs yeah. or whatever you want to call it. But uh, yeah, I don't know. And some players will put the A list clubs on that so that they have leverage if and when they're traded for. Like who who knows what it is. Yeah. Um, I'll say props to Hosmer for actually utilizing his no trade clause. Like, I feel like it almost every time they're like, he waived it. Yeah. You know? What I don't get, it's more the Boston side of it. Like, why would you trade for Eric Hosmer? Um, he was going to be, they're paying him league minimum. The Padres are basically picking up his whole salary for the next three years. But why trade for him? Like, are you going for it? Do you, are you committing to Bobby Dahlbeck or not? Is this your, like, he's going to be around for a minute and he's been a bad player for a long time. Um, yeah. I just don't get what's happening to they the point where to... I'm starting to question Heim Bloom and if he is good at his job or not. Yeah, they were trying. I think they're trying to play both sides. You know, they're like, we got to get some value for some of these guys that we can. And also like, it wasn't that long ago that we were in a playoff spot. Maybe we can bounce back. And if yeah. we do, we don't want to be, completely caught flat footed with that bounce back. Like, uh, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it, it's, you know, when you try to play the middle, you end up just generally being bad on both sides, you know? So I, uh, not the, not the stance that I think yeah. most people would, pre- most teams would take or most fans would prefer, but um, I guess we'll see how it works out. Yeah. yeah uh, we talked about this already, but the Yankees obviously got uh, Frankie Montas and Harrison Bader. Uh, the Braves, again, I think had probably a really solid deadline. Uh, they got Jake Odorizzi, 
um, who we were talking about last week as a good target for the Cardinals. And I think somebody that makes sense as being their fifth starter and just kind of uh, locking that down for them. Um, they traded him for Will Smith, which I think was a pretty, pretty good trade both sides. Yeah. Uh, they also got Robbie Grossman, who is just outfield depth in the that's what the Braves do is they trade for outfield depth every year. The move that again, I'm going to pick on the angels again, is that they traded for Rossiel Iglesias or Rysel uh, Iglesias, which I think makes a lot of sense for the Braves. But again, the angels, this is his first year of a four year contract with the angels. What are they doing? Yeah. Are they so going to strange. trade Otani and trout? Are they just going to rip it all down and, and not be a competitive team anymore? I, I, I don't get I, it. I, I don't have a source for this one, but I read a, a take on online not too long ago. That is that basically like the owners of the angels just really love their stars, like the star power side of it. Um, they like having billboards with big names on it and things like that. And so that's why they'll go and they'll sign these big name players, um, you know, and, and like they value an Otani and they value a trout and they value going and getting Rendon or Pools or right. Josh Hamilton or whoever it might be like they want to be the flashy team but they don't actually care past that they just want to be this like celebrity team and so uh you know Rysel like not a celebrity even though he's one of the better closers in the game like it just they're done he they're not winning and they could get you know they could get something for him so they traded him i don't know not a complete thought there, but it was a very strange move. And obviously the Braves are now better for having Iglesias, which I, is bad I, for the Cardinals. But I, I would argue the Braves are better than they were last year. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, Freddie Freeman, it's hard. Uh, Olsen has been good, but he's not been as good as Freeman. But like the rest of the team is probably better. Riley is taking another step forward. Yeah. So And Acuna yeah. is healthy. The only yeah. person they don't have healthy is their second baseman, uh, Ozzy Albies. But yeah. And he's probably coming back soon. Yeah. So, um, so uh, last thing I have on my list, and there are many other trades that we are not hitting. I don't know if there's anything else you want to bring up. Um, but the last thing I have on my list is uh, Houston gets Christian Vasquez from the uh, Boston Red Sox in a move that makes a ton of sense for um, Houston. I think this is a great move by Houston. They have gotten essentially zero production from catcher and Christian Vasquez is a good one. Um, and they also got Trey Mancini, um, who I am disappointed by. I wish that O's fans would have been uh, rewarded for sticking around and the O's being the team that they are this year. Um, but that's not going to happen. And uh, he is now an Astro and he'll be dunking, you know, a bunch of home runs into the Crawford boxes for the rest of the year. And I guess good for him. Yeah, I think that that trade is going to be really good for the Astros from a story standpoint, the narrative stuff that I was kind of poo-pooing earlier. <laughs> like, it, it's kind of a bummer to see the Orioles trade and sell, especially, yeah, yeah. you know, now they, they're they're like climb back to relevancy and uh, and all that. But, I, you know, I, I think it makes sense, even if it's if it's kind of a bummer. And um, I, I think that Mancini it's a significant upgrade for his uh his his approach and the type of player he is just fits in the Houston ballpark so much better than uh the Baltimore bar Baltimore ballpark and I think he's gonna have a really good time there yeah so it'll probably work out for everyone but I, I you know I can understand the 
Orioles fan base being pretty bummed that the the Orioles still sold, you know, they sold their closer, they sold the heart of their team uh, after having such a a run. My God, uh, when Trey Mancini was traded, he talked about how the training staff saved his life. Yeah, uh, you know, detecting the cancer as early as they did and, and getting him on the treatment as early as they did, and you know if that that doesn't pull at your your emotional heartstrings, and I don't know what would. But uh, right. yeah, I think you're right. It's it's probably a good baseball move for for all considered. The Orioles aren't going to really do any damage this year. Um, they better go spend some money in free agency. Well, they did next say, year. and whether they do this or not, they have at least backed it up in saying that like. This off season, it's full speed ahead. Uh, so I appreciate yeah, them better. saying that. I yeah. hope that they, after saying that, they really need to make at least one big splash. Uh, because, you know, basically since calling up Adley uh, Rushman, like it's yeah. a new team. And, you know, I think that is a credit to to him and to the importance of an elite catcher and what it can do for a team. Uh, yeah. You know, so we like the Orioles, um, you know, Fellow talking bird. About, talking about other birds. Oh, yeah. All right. What else? Oh, uh, those are the only ones I have listed on my list. I don't know if there's anything else you want to hit, um, but I think those are the, the big ones. There's obviously many more trades outside of that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'd say, you know, probably the big winners are, are the teams that were probably already in competition. I, you know, the Braves uh, look great. The Mets probably could have done a little bit more. Um, they got Vogelbach and they got uh, uh, Darren Ruff um, and they got a. Uh, Tyler Naquin, some some little moves like that. I was surprised I didn't see them go a little harder, get some power. Yeah. Um, although Vogelbach did hit a grand slam today before <laughs> yeah. we started recording. So yeah, I think uh I think we hit the big ones and you know, we'll we'll see how it plays out and we'll move on. Yeah. There was that report that the Mets are afraid to trade prospects because they feel really bad about trading Pete Crow Armstrong. Yeah. Which I think is pretty funny because that's kind of like what how it works, you know, yeah. trading prospects. <laughs> but um Whatever. It's the Mets. They'll you're, find you're trading for now. Yeah. It might be worse later. That's yeah. Uh, there's something there's always something to laugh about with the Mets. So. Yes, there is. All right. This has been a long episode, Ben. But of course, it was uh one of the more dramatic uh um trade deadlines that we've had. And for Cardinals fans, one of the more exciting, even if comparatively speaking, it was still relatively dull. <laughs> yeah. Um so before we end though. It's time to return to a favorite. We haven't done it for a little while, um, but uh, you know, a game that you have been successful at consistently. Mm, okay. So here we are for another game, another round of who is this guy? All right. Who is this guy? All right. So if this is your first time listening, welcome to the show. Uh, thanks for sticking all the way through this. <laughs> Hi, everybody. I have a player that at at least one point in their career, they played for the St. Louis Cardinals. Yes. I have five facts about them, starting with really obscure and moving towards more and more direct. I'm going to give the fact, and then Ben has to guess uh, who that player was. He doesn't have to make a guess at every round, but that's kind of what we've been doing. Is that you, you should. That, yeah. That's sports. Yeah, yeah, that's, it's the sporting way. Yes. Um, yes. So uh, Ben has typically gotten it after two or three facts. So we'll see. I'm pretty smart. 
it's been a couple of weeks since you've been trounced by our guests. So I <laughs> say you're back. You're back on a yeah. Uh, cocky got, bullshit. <laughs> we have some more guests maybe lined up here for the future, and uh, yeah. we'll we'll knock you down a peg or two. Thank so. you. Okay, so fact number one: this player was born on July eighth, nineteen eighty six, and in Reynosa, Mexico. Reynosa, Mexico. Okay, so this person is close to our age. Um, likely still playing, um, born in Mexico, probably Mexican, maybe not. I'm going to say that they're <laughs> probably Mexican. All right. Now I'm trying to think of Mexican Cardinals players. Uh, let's give me, uh, Giovanni. Nope. Wow. All right. Okay. Um, all right. He is Mexican though, right? My way you know, I don't know. Look it up. You look that up. And say you're going to stumble. Yes, on he was. Yes, he okay. was. <laughs> okay. Um, no, not Gallegos. Good He's younger though. than me, though. Damn. Yeah. Ugh. I was going to say, yeah. I think the, ages are, <laughs> yeah. the yeah. ages are a little off there. So. Yeah. Um, all right. This player played with these teams in no particular order. I think I are. I think I got it now, but do your thing. Okay. Or should I just guess? Did you just Google Mexican Cardinals and now no. you No, but I thought of another Mexican. All right. Let me... do, do your thing. Do your thing. I'll, okay. I'll All right. This player played with St. Louis. Yes. Chicago Cubs. New York Yankees. Minnesota. Yeah, I know it. And Atlanta. Jaime Garcia. That's right. Yes. <laughs> Jamie Garcia, fan Jamie favorite. Garcia. Yeah. 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 Uh, I, on, the, on the old version of the show, I, we definitely had a review that was like, the show's fine. You know, the guys are good or whatever. But the stupid Jamie Garcia jokes need to stop. It became a um, thing. It yeah, became a thing. That's yeah. part of why I, I, I chose him for this. So yeah. uh, here were the rest of my facts. Yeah. Um, in 2010, he was fourth in the NL with a 2.7 ERA. Wow. That would have been the next one, um, alerting you to the fact that he was a pitcher and had one really good year. Yeah. Uh, and then I, I thought I'd mix it up a little bit. So ML or uh, Baseball Reference has a thing that they uh, like a, a a comparison chart at the bottom of every player's page where it says similar players. Yeah. That'd be interesting. Similar players to uh, Jaime Garcia. Number one, John Neese, former pitcher for the Mets. Okay. Number two, Tanner Roark. Um, number three, Britt Burns, who I had never heard of. Number nope. four, Danny Duffy. And number five, Jake Odorizzi. All right. So um, then my last stat was. Traded to uh, the Atlanta Braves for Luke Dykstra, Chris Ellis, and John Gant, which wow. turned out to be a very good trade for the Cardinals. Uh, John Gant specifically had a good run with the Cardinals before being traded. And Jaime really didn't do much for any. Yeah, any he other was trade. just always, always one of those guys where how is he not? How is he not one of the best pitchers in the league? It never added up to me, but he just it never clicked. It never However, clicked. Yeah. 
All right. One last bit of trivia. Yeah. It is true that I I think all of us would say it never really clicked for Jaime Garcia. Yeah. Uh, upside was always there. How much money do you think he made in his big league career? Oh, God. Um, Jamie Garcia. I remember one time I was working retail and he came into the mall and was very impolite to me. Um, <laughs> that that that's just that doesn't give me anything on this. But uh, yeah, you're I just you need to say there. that. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. He was around for a while. He just never did anything. Um, we did some stuff, I guess. I don't know. I'll give him. I'm going to guess he was in the league for a decade. So we earned some scratch. I'm going to say $35 million. You were right about how long he was in the league. He was, he, he pitched for 10 years. He kicked around for a while. Yeah. He made $60 million. Damn. 10 years of, you know, upside. Yeah. 60 million generational wealth. Yeah. Good for him. Wow. Except for maybe he's a dick. So I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, people being mean to me is by no means a, uh, you Dude, know, that that's shouldn't fair. color. Yeah. That like, is it's kind of the, 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 face. the default reaction. Yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah. So good but, for wow. him. Good. Yeah. yeah. No, it's good for him. I, um, yeah, I, I think like the, the model of a frustrating, although successful player, like he was the weird thing, like, Maybe our expectations were just too high for old Jamie Garcia. I don't know. It it's they, it, it never felt like it it all came together. He was he was hurt a lot, you know, which yeah. isn't his fault per it's se. Erratic outlets syndrome or whatever, where they have to like pop your shoulder out of the socket and was that clean him? it up. That was him. Because I know didn't Loge have that as well? Loge had a thing where his his forearm muscle would not. It would it would just be hyper tense and it would not release yeah. to the point where yeah, he, he, I remember this very specifically. He had to get this surgery. You know, muscles have like a like a sheath around them, and he had to get this surgery where they like removed part of the sheath so the thing could relax. And then uh, I very specifically remember he had this gnarly scar, so he got a crazy bird tattoo over his whole forearm, kind of blocking tight. the scar, but. Now, I yeah. remember that very specifically because of how disgusting I thought it sounded. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, he had to get like it was a uh, it was like a motocross. Yeah, uh, like normally yeah. motocross guys would get that surgery from from gripping the right. uh, the handlebar. I know, I know motocross words. <laughs> <laughs> okay, gripping the handlebars. Gripping right. the handlebar. All right. Well, you got it in two. Yeah. Good job. I'm smart. We're all very proud of you. It, it uh, was really that there have not been a ton of Mexican born Cardinals players. That's yeah. really what helped me out there. Yeah. So, all right. Well, that'll do it. One of our longer episodes. Uh, it's going to be an interesting last 60 games for the Cardinals. Yes. Uh, uh, playoff race on multiple fronts. Uh, is the rotation short up? We'll find out. Uh, and we'll be back next week, as always, with another episode. We'll find out whether Ben did or did not smash that watermelon with his thighs. <laughs> and was it worth it? We'll find out. <laughs> I know the answer to that. <laughs> oh, oh, Vince Scully. Vince Scully. Oh, um, yeah. yeah. I, 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 we, there's no way that this podcast can do him justice, but he yeah. needs to be mentioned. I think one of the most important baseball people of all time, definitely of our generation. Uh, rest in peace. 
our generation, the generation before and the generation before that. Yeah. I watched him calling uh, Hank Aaron's 715th home run uh, recently that, you know, that, that footage is out there and he called that game Yes, and uh, it's incredible. It's absolutely worth a watch. He is that perfect blend of uh, sort of highlighting the moment that you're watching, explaining it in context and, and, and what it means for history and also just, being silent and letting the moment play out yeah. uh it's it's fantastic so artist poet genius total yeah voice of a multiple multiple generations yes yeah, yeah sorry had to get that out before we ended yeah i agree 100 percent. so uh on that we will we'll end we'll be back next week as always thank you again everyone who listens and who made it this far into the episode <laughs> uh and until next week go cardinals okay thank you bye